Okay, I'm going to talk first. Short introduction. Um, Chris, with all the pictures that were taken down there, has produced about a te- seven to ten minute video that's going to kind of show the construction. So I'm going to talk construction, and we're going to get that out of the way. So when the people come, they can talk about how God changed their hearts. Um, it's a basic Brazilian block building. It's 30 feet wide, 60 foot long. Um, there were seven trusses that we put up, and the, that one morning we prayed for a crane. The trusses weighed about 325 pounds apiece, so with eight guys, we put them up and set them, and that was no big deal. There are 164 screws that hold the purlins in place that the panel set on, and the trusses and the purlins were all welded in place. Um, There are 17 panels on each side of the roof, and they have 12 screws in them that hold them down. So, do I remember a little bit about the construction? Yeah, just a little. Um... Dave and I put the front porch on. That's the, if you've seen the picture of the team, that front porch, we put that on. The trusses came in a gray color. And when you've seen them, they were all nice and white. It took us four gallons of paint, four paintbrushes, and a couple of days to make those nice and white like that. And that's basically the construction. The construction went sort of as planned. We leveled the dirt. And this would have been Tuesday of this week. They poured 17 cubic meters of concrete. So that church has a concrete floor. And I've seen a couple of pictures of it in the process of being done. And it is a nice sort of a lime green inside. So lime green church with a white ceiling. So they're going to worship God there. Um, that's enough about construction. That's going to show you some pictures. And then Dave is going to come first. And then Kayla is going to come. And then Pastor Chris. And then I'll come back and wrap it up. And each one will get to share about what the trip really meant to them. And how it's changed their life. First of all, I want to thank each of you for praying. It was... Uh... How it changed me. I, I, uh, I've been in a book lately. And it's basically a study of First John. It talks about love. And I think I saw this, I, I know, I saw this up firsthand. First of all, within the group itself, you know, I uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to get to know some of our people in a totally different way. Up close and personal. And it was special. It really was. There's, there's one picture that went through there that, that will probably stay with me as, as long as I am in a position to uh, to re- have my sanity about me and remember things, you know, which is so questionable some days. But uh, there's a guy standing in the middle. His name was Ed. He was a, he was a guy that uh, we were up on top with and did the welding. In fact, Ed did most of the welding. Uh, 
I'd made up my mind after he started that it was, I wanted the opportunity to get to know him and to spend time with him, if possible, to share Jesus with him. But Ed was a believer after we got to know But there's always something that happens to you on those trips. There's always some people that uh, wiggle your way right into your heart and your soul. And Ed was one of those guys that, was, 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 that did that. About the third day on the project, he brought me a picture of himself when he was younger, working in probably one of the few pictures he had of himself. And gave it to me as a gift. And the day we were leaving, he came up and he gave me a big hug and kissed me on the cheek. I don't normally get kissed by men on the cheek. However, this one I accepted pretty graciously. It was a, it was a pretty neat thing to happen. Uh, would I do it again in a heartbeat? If I felt I could contribute in some way, I would. Uh, I was, I am the senior citizen on that trip. There was some question about being 76, you know, and surviving it. And uh, the only thing I have questions about surviving is the airlines. I'll tell you, I am. I, I drew the short straw on the trip home. I really did. It's about 300 seats in this airliner. The only one that didn't have tilt in it was back against one of the bathrooms in the back, and I got it. So here we are, I don't know, seven and a half, eight hours. It seemed like an eternity that night, but we're uh, rolling around. And, but it was well worth the things that happened that I saw and the changes in the people. By the way, I don't see many yellow shirts out there tonight. I understand they're optional. Is there some reason that uh, we aren't all here in yellow tonight? Um, boss? I would uh, like to like to thank personally the, uh, the people that were on it with us. I thank Tim for his leadership. I thank Tim for his friendship. He's a true brother. Uh, Kayla, I have the joy of getting to know. She's a, she's a She's a special lady. Anybody that would do double duty to do the cooking and then get out and get her paintbrush out and go climb up that ladder and take all of that, was, uh, she's special. She really is. I, uh, I commend you for it, and you'll, I'll always remember that. And our youth pastor, he showed up, you know, and, he said, and it was cold. He said, it's cold, you know. So I shared, I, I, I made him suffer a little, though. He, uh, he, he's not a blue fan at all, you know, and, I, and uh, I, I wouldn't give him my green sweatshirt. I gave him the, uh, the, the, the maize and blue verdict when it didn't have any maize pieces on it. But anyway, he accepted it, and he wore it all week. But I, but I really have enjoyed getting to know you, brother. I really have. I, th I think the age difference is, uh, been, hasn't been really a factor. If it is, then we'll, we'll work on that, too. But, but anyway... I came away, Tim always said, you know, he said, the church will be built. He said, don't worry about that. The church will get built. But the thing that, that, that I will always remember is the love that was shown in the crew. We had some really special people in that group. We really did. You know, and I'm not going to go there. There's some more people to follow. And the Nationals. I just, you know, I, I just, I, I've always come away from those trips where somebody's touched your life in a very special way. And they did. And I want to once again thank you for, uh, for the support that you as a church have given. Well, I wrote mine down because 
I would forget. <laughs> Stand up here and go. Okay, um, first of all, I want to introduce myself to all of you. I am Kayla Mowry. Um, I started attending First Baptist about two and a half years ago. Um, because this is where my family goes, the Larsons. <laughs> so, um, this is my first mission trip anywhere. And I think if you have not gone on one, I would strongly encourage you to because it's an amazing experience. Um, at first I was a little nervous because I didn't know how I would do being over 5,000 miles away from home and with a group of people I didn't know. Um, a few I had, you know, just talked to just a couple times at church, but, um, but God let me know it was going to be okay and not to look back or be fearful. I had a really great time. Um, the group of people I spent the week with were all amazing and great people in their own way. And within the first day of meeting them, uh, they felt like family, like I'd known them my whole life. It was very special. Um, over the week, every single one of these people pushed me to become closer to God, made me realize there are things that I need to change um, to become closer to God. And um, the biggest one that I realized was um, I need to start reading His Word every day. Um, working with the Brazilians and seeing how two groups of people who don't speak the same language come together um, do Christ and build such an amazing church for these people to be able to go to and worship at was an amazing thing to see. Um, we did have a translator, Andrew, um, but a few times I would just stop and look around at everybody working, and um, they'd be communicating without Andrew even being there. You know, it was really, it was really cool. Um, I think over the whole week I connected most with Andrew. He was 16. Um, he's just a really special kid. He, his translating skills. I don't know how he does it, but. I mean, he grew up, like, doing that, so. Um, but overall, um, I'm very happy that I got to experience this, and it has brought me closer to Christ. I didn't wear a yellow shirt, Dave, because I don't think mustard's my color. And the whole age gap of 76 and, how old am I, 32? You're not 76. You're, like, 12. I mean, you and I shared so many uh, witty moments, and, and we had fun. We had fun. But uh, at any rate, um, I was healthy on the trip. Then I got back, and I think staring VBS right in the mouth got me sick. So uh, I'm going to do my best to run through this with a little bit lower octave of voice. Um, but uh, it was a very uh, wonderful trip. And as I have been taking some time to recount that and figure out what to share, uh, oftentimes I wonder during testimonies, how vulnerable should you get? Just how transparent should I be with you folks? Um, and so I'm going to take the road of, I don't care what you think of me based on what I say. I'll let God deal with that part of it. And I'm just going to share what He has convicted me of 
uh, through this trip. And uh, it revolves around Jake. Uh, Jacob is uh, the grandson of uh, David and Jackie back there. And I uh, got an opportunity to meet him early on uh, as we went and got our shots together, all four of them. And uh, he's thinking, okay, 14-year-old kid, he likes to talk and he likes to ask lots of questions. This is going to be fun. And uh, as we got going throughout that trip, uh, I'll tell you, I got very judgmental right at the beginning. Because here we are, as you said, as, as Tim, you told us, the building's going to get built. Don't worry about that. Well, I'm here and I'm here to work. I'm here to build a building. And here's this 14-year-old cat who's gets started working and after about 30 minutes, he's done. And he's dilly-dallying around or playing with Andrew, the, the uh, translator. You saw a picture of him up on one of those blue uh, containers with a big old PVC pipe playing it like a big didgeridoo. Uh, and, uh, and here we're working and I'm just getting hotter and hotter by the minute that this kid needs to find something to do and get busy. And uh, I'll tell you, that was the week. I was focused on the work and doing doing the work and all the while my attention is is divided as I'm seeing this young man not working much and uh, God really hammered me hard when Friday rolled around because as we spent our time if I wasn't so hard headed and God wouldn't have to hit me so hard this would be easier but as we said our goodbyes, and you saw the picture of us in our yellow shirts in front of the church, we're saying goodbye to the Nationals. We didn't have a whole lot of real interaction as much as I expected because, one, they were a bunch of the church guys anyway, and two, we didn't speak the language, uh, and they were doing the stucco stuff, the masonry things, while we were doing other things. So there weren't, other than Dave with Ed, there weren't a whole lot of projects we were doing in tandem. And so when it came to the relationship part, it came to interacting with these guys. They're hugging us and saying thank you and all that stuff, and we're giving them hugs and saying thank you. And then I see, here comes Jake, who's been hanging out with Andrew and hanging out with the Nationals the whole week long, and the guys are just, you know, no names to it. They're just like, thank you, give you a hug. And then this guy turns and looks at Jake, and he's like, Jake! And he goes after him, he picks him up, and he gives him a big hug, and I'm just about ready to ball my eyes up right there. Because while I'm being an idiot, focusing on building a building, and being judgmental of a kid who's not pulling his load, so I think, God has a different plan for this kid. To interact with Andrew, I don't know if you're going to talk about him at all, but Andrew was there the week before with nobody his age, and now he's got a 14-year-old for the week to pal around with and so God has a different plan for Jake and for Andrew and it's not to be physically building a building it's to be developing a friendship and a relationship and interacting with those nationals a whole lot more and by the time Friday rolls around there's a personal connection between Jake and these guys and I'm thinking I'm jealous because bonehead me is too busy making sure I have a hammer or a ladder or something to do to keep busy 
because I think I have God's plan in my mind. And He let me know Friday, Chris, my plan is greater than yours. You should open your eyes and take a look. Because this is what I've been doing with this kid for a week. And I felt this big. So there's my vulnerability with you today. As I spent a week feeling angry at your grandson and God's doing great things in and through him and I'm not even paying attention, Dave. So thank you for bringing your grandson along. Because it touched my heart. And that was me. I wanted my grandson to, to carry his load. Like Chris, I didn't know what his load was. I wasn't that smart. I appreciate you sharing that because I wasn't really sure how I could do that. I've struggled with this ever since I came home, Chris. That kid's going to be changed. I, I, my, my joke was, you know, he, he's, he's, this kid's got to, sorry, Lloyd, this kid's got to sell insurance, you know. This is, but I think God's going to use him in a special way. I really do. And I ask for God to forgive me for my attitude. And some one of these days I'm going to ask Jake for the same forgiveness. I don't know how I can follow that. But I'm going to try. I'm going to take you back to where this all started. Because some of these people wouldn't have gone if I hadn't said yes. So this all starts in Honduras in 2015. And I had a, what you would call in your Christian walk, a mountaintop moment with my two sons and their commitment to Christ. And I said, you know, I want to be a part of this again. And CWE invited me down to be part of the leader group. Now, the, they, they do these trips and there's a group leader, there's a devotional leader, and there's a kitchen leader. The kitchen leader takes care of the kitchen, the devotional leader does the devotions, and my job as the group leader was to take care of everybody else. Make sure the construction got done, make sure the devotions went well, make sure the people got on the airline, and got home, and all those kind of things. And I wanted to do that because I experienced that mountaintop moment. And I wanted somebody else to have that opportunity. And as most of you, as most of you don't know, this is my sixth time into Brazil. And so as I was leaving, I talked to my wife and I said, I'm going to sign up. And she says, you can, but just nothing in the wintertime. Because the last time we went, we went in the winter and it was 25 below here. And uh, we're in the heating business. And so she said, never again. So I, I get there and we get through half of the meeting. And I go to Jeff, who is the director of CWE. And I say, Jeff, I need a trip in the summer because I want to go. I want to be a group leader. 
He says, oh, great. I got a week that's open and I need somebody and you've done roof before. How about week two in Brazil? And on that airline flight down, I told God, I'll go anywhere but Brazil. Because I've been there before. God, send me someplace else. That wasn't his plan. He had me for Brazil. Well, you say, well, I said, well, why? Why, God? Why Brazil? Well, there's a young lady here, Kayla. You heard her. She was a little anxious about going. Pastor Mark introduced me to her. Gave her that little bit of confidence to say, yeah, I want to go. And yet, if you would have listened to her on the van ride home, she was ecstatic. Even after, I don't know how many hours we'd spent awake from 6 o'clock in the morning on Friday until that was 4.30 or 5 o'clock on Saturday, she was excited. She looked at us and says, you know what that lady did in the kitchen? I do that every day. I could do that. And we encouraged her to take out and take on another trip, maybe go to CWE, do that kitchen coordinating stuff, and she could be one of those leaders on that trip. You talk about Dave. He went as a welder. I promoted him as a welder, that he could weld that stuff. He didn't care about welding. He cared about Ed. Ed was the guy that he was working alongside with. Ed was the welder on the on the thing. And he says, he says to me, you don't mind if I let Ed weld so I can develop a relationship with Ed so that I can tell Ed about Christ. I don't care. If you want to talk to Ed about Christ, great, go for it. And so he set aside Dave and was focused on Christ. And so that was that was a great blessing to me to see that. And then we talked about Jake. And for the first couple days, Jake was a little challenging for me. And I wondered what Jake was doing. And then I got to see Jake. And I stepped back and I looked at Jake and I says, God has brought him here for a reason. And that reason is Andrew. Andrew needed a friend. The week before, Jeff Randall was there. And if you've never met Jeff, Jeff is just a little bit intense. He is on the go and he's on everybody. And you have this 16-year-old kid away from home, away from his mom and dad, the first week is the adrenaline. The second week, it really sits in. And Jake was there to be his friend. Just to encourage him. And so as I stepped back and I saw these two teenagers video together and game together and develop this relationship, that's why Jake was there. Was Jake there to pick up garbage that I wanted him to pick up? He didn't get much of it picked up. I picked up most of it. But was Jake a joy to have there? He was part of the trip. He was part of that team. He was there to do what God has called him to do. 
And then there's Pastor Chris. I got to know him a little a little better. And when he was sharing, he shared about as a pastor, sometimes you get your ministry gets confined to these four walls. And he you look at everybody that comes in and it's everything is about the church. And he had the opportunity to, as we were sitting there and leading the music and doing the things that he did to say, you know, I really need to step outside of the four walls. And so he made that commitment. And I, as I came home, I began to ponder this verse. And if I can read it, I'll get it. And this is from Esther chapter 4. And this is Malachi speaking to Esther. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. God was going to do this trip. This church was going to get built in Brazil. John's papers were going to get back to the United States. And I would have missed the blessings as I got to see each one of these people. Their heart changed. Their lives used of God. I would have missed it. Would have God accomplished his will? He would have. But I'd have missed out. I'm going to go again. I, I met a man there named Gerard. I've met this man another time. He's a Brazilian. He was their construction coordinator. As you say, you go to Brazil and you'll never see these people again. I met him in 2001 when I was in Goiânia. He was there. He was the construction coordinator there. He was here. And if the Lord wills and things come together, maybe in 2018, I'll see him again. If you have a Bible, I invite you to open up to Romans chapter 8. might sound familiar from this morning. And as uh, Pastor Chris was talking, and then as Tim was talking, couldn't help but kind of hear some of the things that we heard this morning from Romans chapter 8. I'm going to look at two verses um, this, this evening quickly. But Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And then you can stay there, but in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. I think what you heard tonight was um, men and women who had put themselves in a, in a spot, um, humbling themselves before the Lord and the Lord directing their steps. Right? And some of them uh, may have known that on the front end. Uh, some of them may have known that partway through the trip. Some of them may not know that till the end of the trip. Right? But the, the, the point of what we're seeing here is the recognition that, that God is leading us. 
the question I think that that you and I can take away is um, it, it's great to hear all the stories and uh, hear what God did in these individual lives. But maybe a question for us is, is how is God leading us? Um, maybe he led Tim to, to do this trip, and that seems pretty extravagant to some of us, right? To lead a construction trip in a foreign country. Right? Most of us aren't probably going to take that on. Uh, but what, where's God leading in, in your life? What, what, in what ways is God calling you to something that, that you are maybe resisting right now? What ways are you looking at someone with judgment? Uh, what ways are you looking at someone to say that could never be what's right? In those ways, what we're recognizing is that, that that's not being led by the Spirit, right? That's the opposite of that, which we find in both in Romans chapter 8 and Galatians 5, being led by the flesh, right? The selfishness of our own heart that thinks that we know better. We know better than God. And if we looked at Romans chapter 8, very first part of that, so, so, so then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. Right? So there's this recognition that a life in the, in the flesh is, is not where, where we ought to be. For the Christian, uh, that'd be going back to our, our, former, our former ways, our, our, our old life, our old nature. So the only way that we could ever walk in the Spirit. Right? is because of the work of Christ for us. So maybe even here tonight, many of you would claim to know Jesus. Right? You would claim to have made a profession of faith and are, are following God. One of the ways we give evidence of following God is how is the Spirit moving in your life? How are you being obedient to God? Well, how, how do I obey God? Well, I obey his word. Right? I, I follow his word. In what ways are you following God's word today? If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit or keep in step with the Spirit. Maybe just a simple application for us is how are you doing that? How's the Spirit of God moving in your life that you're keeping in step with Him? Uh, there's some vulnerability up here today, tonight, to recognize where, where, where they weren't keeping in step with the Spirit. And would we be so vulnerable to admit that there are there are areas of our life where we're not keeping the step with the Spirit. When we humble ourselves before the Lord and recognize that there are areas of our life that, that need correcting, maybe, maybe we don't have it all down. Right? Obviously, that's true. And yet somehow we try to pretend that we do. And if there's ever a place where you can come and admit that, you know what, I, I'm not always in step with the Spirit. It's this place. Right? This is the place. This is the place where you can come because why? Because we all know what that's like. We all know what it's like to be out of step with the Spirit. That's not a, it's not a crazy thing. What, what Pastor Chris shared is not an abnormal thing. That's true for every one of us. We've all been out of step with the Spirit. The question is, are we going to recognize it? Are we going to have the humility before the Lord to recognize our sin, recognize that we're out of step, and by grace, follow Him in obedience? I'm thankful for what God did through the people in Brazil, in their lives and those Brazilians. Um, but I'm going to be excited to see how God will use their experience to change us. Uh, they're part of us. Um, they're, 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 they were partnering uh, with a ministry from our ministry. So that was part of our family that went there. And when family has an experience, that, that affects the rest of our family, doesn't it? 
And so our brothers and sisters had an experience. How will that change us as a family? To recognize what, what God can do with a heart that's willing to be obedient, willing to humble humble itself in the sight of God, and God will lift us up. Let's stand together and be dismissed in prayer. We want to pray tonight and give thanks to God. We want to pray tonight and ask for the conviction of God in our hearts and help to follow Him. God, we are thankful. We are thankful for the work that you've done in Brazil, the work that you did in the five individuals from our, our family here that went. And Lord, we're, uh, we're praying that you would use their experience to even um, touch, uh, touch a nerve, if you will, in our, in our own hearts and minds concerning what ways are we resisting you? What ways are we overlooking you? What ways are we not keeping in step with you? Father, I pray you would convict us. Maybe it's an area of, of judgment. Maybe it's an area of fear. Maybe it's an area of unbelief. God, uh, maybe it's an area of open rebellion against your, your word. God, I don't know what it is for each of us, but God, I pray that you would open our eyes to see it. God, I would pray that you would use this opportunity, this ministry, this trip, this uh, time of testimony to change us and make us a, a family that is more in step with your spirit. We need that. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.